All right, what is going on, America? And ladies and gentlemen, Pastor Greg Locke, my good friend, is here via virtual, but he's in his studio. I'm in mine. Uh, Pastor Greg, how are you, my friend? I am great, brother. Thanks for having me. You have got a very big Monday coming up <laughs> next Monday. Uh, Come Out in Jesus' Name is coming out in 2000 theaters, if I'm correct. Yes, sir. You that's are a, correct, my friend. That's amazing. I had the, for sure. I had the privilege and the honor of being able to attend the red carpet premiere of this movie. And, and I really want to talk to you about the film, how it came to be, uh, your journey, our journeys together. Because I, I feel like me and you, at yeah. least internet-wise, kind of got started doing our thing around the same time. And, and we both have dramatically yeah. changed in, in our own ways. And so I want to talk about the movie <laughs> Uh, what I loved about it, et cetera. But first, I want to play people the trailer. Um, so let's let, let, let's let them, because it's an amazing trailer. Uh, you, you guys did a fantastic yeah. job. So let's, <laughs> let's go to the trailer. Um, and uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is Come Out in Jesus' Name. In the New Testament, is it verifiable that Christians can be attacked and oppressed by demons? God used controversy. I'm on the list. He used CNN. He used the media. He used all of it to grow a massive size platform. Controversy built our platform. Two genders. It was never about the controversy. It was never about the politics. I thought it was. I thought it was about Trump. I thought it was about COVID. But God built our platform for deliverance. We are headed more into seeing prophecy fulfilled before our very eyes. There's a kingdom of righteousness and there's a kingdom of darkness. Something in our being craves something supernatural. If you're addicted to something, you have company. And he said in the last days, the church will give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. They will begin to listen to demonic doctrines. He doesn't mind you going to church. He doesn't mind you praising as long as you don't change. There's a great awakening that is coming. The kingdom of God is not about talk. Jesus is king. It's about power and demonstration. The state of the church in the United States, I believe, needs a reawakening of deliverance because of the evil that's going around. Christians can be under the influence of satanic oppression. 100% they can. You see, redemption and salvation is for the lost. Deliverance is to set the captives free. The Word of God says, these signs shall follow them that believe. The plan of the enemy is to keep the church quiet. Deliverance is for the people of God. Deliverance is for the church. I'm here to call this culture to Jesus Christ and cast out demons. Because these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. Absolutely powerful stuff. I, I don't know how you hear it. I've heard from some guests it comes through 
broken, but 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 it doesn't come through on our end that way. And man, what a powerful, powerful trailer. I get goosebumps. I get goosebumps watching yeah. it every time. And I've seen the film. So all right, guys, many of you may know this, you may not know this, but I actually have asthma from my time in the wars, the burn pits, etc. And so the air being pure, the air being good is a very, very big deal to me. And that's why here in my home, we use Eden Pure Thunderstorm Air Purifier. This is proven oxy technology that quickly destroys viruses, odors, mold, and so much more. With over 300,000 units already sold, you know it works. Smells gone. Cigarette smoke, dirty diapers, whatever aromas gone. And for those of you who may struggle with lung issues like myself, this is the thing for you. It's what I use. It's what keeps me and my family breathing healthy. So right now you can save $200 on an Eden Pure Thunderstorm three pack for your whole home protection. That's right. You get three of them. goes all through your house in your most visited, most frequented areas. You get three units for under $200. Put one in your basement, your bedroom, your family room, kitchen, whatever. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. That's Eden, E-D-E-N, Pure, P-U-R-E, Deals.com. EdenPureDeals.com and put in the discount code Graham, G-R-A-H-A-M, to save $200. Dollars. That's EdenPureDeals.com, discount code Graham, and shipping is free. Go now. In yeah. saying that, I want to talk to you about the film. First of all, how did, uh, as the film states it, the most controversial pastor in America go from being a cessationist, um, straight Baptist preacher into believing in, uh, you know, I, I don't know, fruits of the spirit, speaking in tongues, deliverance, miracles, signs, wonders, et cetera, into this movie. Lead us through that. <laughs> well, it's been a process, that's for sure. It has been quite the journey. And really, the answer to that question is God began to do things in our church and in our ministry that I was taught against, that I had been preaching against for decades, for many, many years. And I began to see people get healed. And the, the first time I saw a demon manifest in somebody, I'm like, you got to be kidding me, right? I thought this stuff happened on National Geographic or just in comic books. And I, I knew that there was power in the name of Jesus. Uh, you know, I, I've had my, my Greg Locke clothing line, right? And so the number one selling shirt was demons still flee at the name of Jesus. And it wow. was the number one selling shirt. But if it would ever happened, it would have freaked me out, right? It yeah. was just a saying. And so I just had this saying for all of these years that, oh, yeah, there's power in the name of Jesus. But when I really began to see there was power in the name of Jesus. God just immersed us. He baptized us, for lack of better terminology, in the fivefold ministry. And so we began to move away from the more Baptistic denomination to completely non-denominational. And now I preach at all sorts of churches. And now Baptist, Church of God, Assembly of God, Church of Christ, Catholic, Pentecostal, they're all reaching out to us now. And they're like, look, we thought you were crazy at first, but there's people in our church that are under the influence of a tormenting spirit. And can you help us? And so it happened so fast, it was like overnight. And so here we are a year and a half later, we went from turning the ship of our entire church, which was, you know, I thought gonna be a very arduous task because it's a big church. And the average, you know, church, you can't even move a communion table without five deacons wanting to fire you over it, right? Yeah, And right. we turned the whole church and then 
in five months' time. People don't realize we had the first whiteboard session, if you want to call it that, about a movie in September of 2022 when we had the national conference and then filmed most of the movie on, in January, on New Year's. And so as it got all pieced together, we had less than five months to go from zero to 100 and be in 2,000 theaters all over the nation. It's unbelievable, Graham, how the Lord has miraculously put all this together. Well, I'll tell you what, it's coming to both of our theaters here in our town in South Carolina. And I actually called to rent out the entire theater and they wouldn't (laughs) let me because they've had so many people requesting, you know, like group tickets and stuff. Wow. And so so it's a great thing. But at the same time, I was a little annoyed because I was like, I'm going to rent this whole theater out. And I'm just going to yeah. tell everybody who wants to come to come see the movie. They don't even have to pay for it. But 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 they won't let me like they won't let yeah. me do it. And so. All right. I want to talk about the movie. And then and then I yeah. want to talk about. Uh, the, the 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 more personal stuff or the or, or the the more in-depth questions and things like that um yeah. I, as I said earlier you very graciously invited me to come to the red carpet premiere which by the way I have to tell the audience what you did to me I have to so <laughs> I I am driving uh Mount mm. Juliet Tennessee is is like five hours from where I live and so I'm driving I'm driving to the mm. event and just about an hour and a half out I decide to text, Pastor Greg and say, hey, what's the dress attire for this thing? And he he responds, and this is absolute truth. Oh, you know, most people got jeans on, but some people got suits. You know, it's no big deal. <laughs> so I think, oh, okay, well, I'll be a good middle. I got a pea coat or whatever. Cool. I show up to this thing. There's limos out front. There's a red <laughs> carpet all the way here. There are people dressed in the best outfits they've yeah. ever had you have a bow tie on like i mean it, yeah. it is i i and i look like i don't know i'm the director of the film at this point just yeah. showing up kind of thing <laughs> and i i was just like well i'm here now i guess there's nothing else to do but but anyway back to the film i saw the film loved it absolutely loved it i'm not just saying that because you're my friend i'm not just saying sure. that because you know you, you you've you've been such a big part of mine and my family's life i i'm I'm a very I'm a very harsh movie critic. I really am. Yeah, Just absolutely. and and so it is so different from what I believe people think that they're going to be walking into. Yeah. And I think that is what is so powerful about the film. As I told you, people are going to walk out. I think a lot of people are going to go to this film because they don't like you. I think a lot of people oh, will do that. And I yeah. think they'll leave seeing and knowing the real Greg Locke, like, like I know, you know, not Mm -hmm. uh, very much like, you know, the real Graham Allen that, you know, nobody else knows online. And that was one of the coolest things to me was just seeing the whole story, the whole picture, how God moved (laughs) this whole thing. Walk me through that. What was the decision to show the, uh, the, 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 the real Greg Locke yeah. in this film and not just be like, oh, devils are everywhere and da 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 you know, like most people are probably thinking. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're thinking it's going to be some throw up the whole time exorcism head spinning around levitation type movie, but we really wanted to show the over arching goal and idea of my progression, you know, from cessationism and super capital B Baptist to now much more on the charismatic spectrum and just, you know, verse by verse, still very systematic, expositorily preaching through the Bible, but really 
immersed in the ministry of Jesus. I mean, this is the number one thing Jesus did. It's a third of his ministry. He yeah. only turned water to wine once. You know, he walked in the water once, calmed a storm once, raised the dead twice. But he cast out so many demons that just in the book of Mark, three times it says, and many devils came out of many people. It happened all the time. Every single synagogue throughout all the land and region of Galilee, he cast out evil spirits. So number one, I wanted people to understand that we can't just say, what would Jesus do without seeing what Jesus did, right? So we have to get back to the ministry of Jesus, the number one thing he did outside of preaching the gospel. But then I wanted people to understand, you know, I really have gone from calling out corrupt politics and politicians, which I still do, but I'm going now to calling out the spirits, the principalities that are behind that. Because I think far too long, we're like, we got a White House problem. No, we have a God's house problem. We have a woke church, lukewarm, skinny jean wearing pastor problem who won't call out the nonsense and the evil that's happening in our day. So Ephesians 3 is plain. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. So the reason you and I kind of popped on the scene and got, you know, if you will, famous or infamous, you know, on the Internet, however you want to look at it, is because we were willing to, yeah, we're willing to call stuff out. And so now I've just shifted what I'm calling out. And so I'm calling out the demonic. I'm calling out the evil that is behind it, right? We're still calling out, you know, the the nefarious plans of the, the alphabet community and the drag queen story hour, but it's the it's the spirit behind that. It's the Antichrist spirit, the Jezebel spirit that is causing our nation to be so buckwild and demonized. And so we put that in the movie. And as you very well saw, really from start to finish, it's theologically savvy. Right, we we take the hokiness out of it. It's a progression. It's a it's a great progression progression through the film. Absolutely, we take away the scariness of deliverance ministry. It should have never gone away. I understand why it did, but we're bringing it back mainstream, and we're like, look, if if we have to take all the heat, I don't care. We're going to be tip of the spear and show people this is the ministry of Jesus, and there's nothing more loving, more Jesus-like, and more compassionate than setting people free. Why wouldn't we want to see that? But you're right. There's going to be haters that show up for the wrong reason and walk out of that theater with a different perspective. But that's what I love about it. That, 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 that's what excites me is yeah. that that is probably going to happen. Not Probably not the majority, oh, yeah. but it will happen. And, and, and I am most excited about that because, you know, I tell people all the time, you know, pe- people will come up to me and they'll be like, what's Greg, you know, what, what, what's Greg Locke really <laughs> like? And I'll be like, and, and I'll tell them the truth. I'm like, Hey, you know, Greg Locke, and I don't want to reveal anything in the movie, so I'm not going to, but <laughs> there's even parts in the movie where, where, where people will say some things and people are like, oh, that's what Graham was talking about in the podcast. But, but, yeah. but you are one of the most generous, extremely busy, caring pastors I've ever met. And, 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 I, sure. and I'm not saying that just because you're on the show. I've had right. many arguments with many people on this show. And so uh, it, it is because you have shown me things, the way you operate your church, the way mm-hmm. that the, the, the way that you do things on a day-to-day basis is very inspiring. And, and, and I really am excited for people to see this side of you because yes. as your friend, it irritates me, all these people that yeah. just think they know you from sound bites that people have taken out of context. Um, knowing how you operate your church, knowing how you're the most busy person I know outside of myself, and yet you still yeah. have time. And I can't tell you how many pastors 
talk about how busy they are and they just don't have time. You know, they just don't have oh, time yeah. for, for, for these things. So let, let's finish out the movie conversations here. And then I want to move into, because mm-hmm. there's probably a lot of listeners that don't know what cessationist means and all this other stuff. Yeah. So we'll get into that in a minute. What is your ultimate goal for this film? All right, what's going on, everybody? Listen, buy gold and get a free safe to store it in. That's right. On qualifying purchases from Birch Gold Group now through March 31st, they'll ship a free safe directly to your door. All you got to do is text the word Graham. That's G-R-A-H-A-M to 989898 to get a free info kit on how gold and diversifying your portfolio into precious metals can protect your money from the disaster dumpster fire that is the Biden economy. Here's the deal. The Fed keeps raising rates because it's the only tool they have to keep inflation under control. And it's not working. You can't spend your way out of inflation. So you've seen the impact on the stock market. You've seen the impact on your savings. Hedge inflation by owning gold. Whether physical gold and silver in your safe or through an IRA in precious metals where you can hold real gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied customers. Text the word Graham to 989898 right now for your free info kit on gold and to claim the eligibility for your free home safe by March 31st. Again, you owe it to your family. You owe it to yourself. You owe it to your money. Text the word Graham. That's G-R-A-H-A-M to 989898 right now. Uh, I want the church and believers in general to understand that we do have power and we do have authority and we don't need to give that away. We don't have to abdicate it because God gave us power and authority and that power and authority is through his word, but through the name of Jesus. That's the whole point. Come out in Jesus name, right? We can call demons out in any name we want to, including our own, and nothing's going to happen. Nothing. They're going to laugh yeah. at us and mock us. But there's power in the name of Jesus. It's like the little, the, the traffic guard lady, right? At the public school. Nobody can stand her, but when she throws her hand up, you stop. Not because her hand's powerful and not because she has an AR strap to her and she's not working for the FBI. She throws her hand up and you recognize the authority that she's been given. And so it's time that we stand up as church, as the body of Christ, and we say, look, devil, enough's enough. You can't torment my kids anymore. You can't come against my marriage anymore. No more are you going to give me these nightmares and be filled with fear and depression and you know anxiety and addiction to pornographic material. No more. And when we put our hand up, here's what the devil recognizes. You don't have any authority other than what's been given you, right? And the authority right. given us is the power in the name of Jesus. So that's number one. Number two is I want pastors to have to answer the hard questions because... They can tell their people all they want to. Don't go watch this movie, blah, blah, blah. This is doctrinally unsound. But this is Christian contraband. They are going to the movie theater and they are going to secretly watch this movie and they're going to go back to their church and be like, okay, uh, I just saw a movie that's totally based on the Bible, on the New Testament, and on the ministry of Jesus. And why aren't we doing the ministry of Jesus? So I want pastors to have to answer the hard questions and they're going to. Yeah, no, I I agree 100%. I think that... I think that you're going to have even, I think you're even going to have a third option. And so that, you know, take this for what you will. I think you're going to have people walking out of there with perhaps that have been dealing with, you know, God calling them to a certain direction too. And they've been fighting it for a long time because I do, I believe and me and you have talked offline about this. I believe that there are thousands 
upon thousands of people that feel God calling them to mm. go yes. do something. And yep. they need something that feels real, not overproduced. Mm-hmm. I, I love the Jesus Revolution film. I mean, it was great, but but it's a movie, right? Like, like, like it's exactly. a movie and, and, and not taking anything away from it at all. It was a good film, but, but it's a movie. This is yep. a, it is a movie, but this is real life stuff here. Oh, and, yes. <laughs> and, and it is different when you see it from that perspective. And it really, I think you're going to have people. I think that this movie is going to be the thing that many future pastors mm-hmm. are going to write about in their books one day. And their own testimonies about how it was when I was sitting at a theater in so-and-so state and I watched Come Out in Jesus' Name. And that's when I couldn't deny it anymore. I couldn't deny what the right. Lord was telling me to do. So so, so I'm already going to say that I hope that that's something that comes Amen. out of it um, as well. Okay, let's get into some so, so some good conversations here. Let, 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 let's get into this stuff. Um, uh, by the way, the movie comes out Monday, March 13th. Uh, it's almost in every city in America. So, so yep. look, uh, at, uh, it's Regal Theater is the main theater or, or, or where can Regal they go? And, uh, I mean, we're going to plug this multiple times, but where can yeah. they go to find it? Yeah, it's Regal and AMC and Cinemark. But if they go to comeoutinjesusname.com, just put in their zip code, their okay. city, state, whatever, and it'll pop up. Okay, comeoutinjesusname.com, find out where it's at. It's going to be uh, March 13th at 7 p.m. for most theaters. I do know that. So, so make sure that you go see this film, take your mama, take your uncle, take (laughs) your sister, take everybody to go see this film. Um, okay. Let's get into some things here. Okay. Uh, and I'm not going to give anything uh, uh, in the movie away, but there are things in the movie that I didn't even know about you. And, uh, and, and so (laughs) walk us through for the people that are listening, uh, the audience that's not into Christianity, or they are, but they just aren't that well versed. When you say former cessationist, what does that mean for for for, for the you. listeners? Yeah, for the average person, for the layman, it basically means that I believed all of the gifts ceased. No time, yeah. no tongues, no miracles, no signs, no deliverance, no wonders, none of that. That the Bible is complete, and therefore it is all we need, and God doesn't speak any other way. Now, obviously, I believe the Bible's inerrant and perfect and complete, and uh, not only is it inspired, but it's preserved, but God does speak to His children. The heavens declare the glory of God. He yeah. uses people. He uses circumstances. He uses good things, bad things, right? God can speak. There's there's the gift of prophecy. There's the word of knowledge, the word of Absolutely. wisdom. But I was the type of person that said, well, when the canon ceased, right? And I was taught, of course, it was, the, it was the King James Bible. So when the King James Bible was completed in 1611, you know, God never spoke again. And I'm like, well, what, what, what was he saying up until the English language came out, right? You know, right. What's he been saying since then? And so I just believed it, it stopped. We would talk about healing. Well, you know, sister so-and-so got maybe healed from her cancer, but we never would talk about that. But now we're seeing people get out of wheelchairs. I mean, we're seeing some unbelievable things. We're watching people's lives be radically changed. And so as a cessationist, former cessationist, I was like, no, that's just fake and none of it works. Well, Look, there's a lot of fake. In any movement of God, there are people that fake stuff. But just because people abuse something does not make the real 
a reality. People abuse the gospel, but that doesn't take away the power of the gospel. Romans 1, 16, the gospel's still real. Jesus still rose again. We don't serve Absolutely. a dead Jew in a Palestinian tomb. So just because people fake stuff and bark like dogs, and here's what's interesting. What people don't understand about deliverance ministry is people are like, well, you know, look at all these people, how fake they are. Uh, this is why we're cessationists, because look at these people having these, these outbursts of laughter and they're barking like dogs and they're howling like wild coyotes and they're calling it the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you why they're calling it the Holy Spirit, because pastors are afraid to move in deliverance ministry where I was look, I would look at that uncontrollable laughter, howling like a hyena, barking like a dog. That's not the Holy Spirit. That's an evil spirit. That's a yeah. manifestation of a demonic force. But we blame it on the Holy Spirit because we're afraid to talk about the evil spirits. We're afraid to talk about demons, right? So when God started doing it in our church, I'm like, look, I can't put this back in the box. I can't watch somebody get free. I can't watch somebody be healed and then say, well, you know, that was a one and done. No, it's happening right now. So I had to ask myself the question, am I going to believe the Bible or am I going to believe the Baptist? Right. Not just to throw them under the bus, but I had to come to grips with reality that the Bible is bigger than what they taught me in seminary. Well, uh, I mean, me. Yes, <laughs> I agree with everything you just said. And, and you know my thoughts about uh, seminaries and things. I, I have attended some for a short time and I have left. I actually have had very rigorous debates with several people because I've talked about this on the show a lot. You know, seminary, the, the, the way that, uh, you know, even though I, I, I love what happened during the Jesus revolution, but it also kind of paved way for this new style of church that is yeah. not accomplishing anything at the same time. And so, um, you know, there's a middle ground w w with everything. Uh, seminary to me, and, and I'd love your thoughts on this because I know that you went uh, on the Baptist denominational side. Seminary to me, this is the problem that I have with seminary. I personally believe that the best way to equip people who have the call in their life to become evangelists, you know, preachers or pastors or both, you know, some people start mm -hmm. as evangelists and they become pastors, you know, what, what, whatever, is the, the community church taking that person in that, that has that potential, that has that call learning the Bible, learning how to connect the things, learning the other side of being a pastor, pastoral counseling, yep. Uh, yep. running things and stuff like that. There's so much more, but yet seminary is for the most part, you're listening to theologians who have mm -hmm. doctorates in theology and whatever denomination, you know, they have tell you their interpretation of what they think the Bible says, and then they don't yeah. even teach you how to really be a preacher. They want to teach you how to write theological doctorate papers, and you're not yeah. even honing the gifts that God gave people that want to be preacher. I mean, please feel free to tell me, yeah. you, know, the, you know, right or wrong in that, but, but that's just what I see. Yeah. Oh, no, you're exactly right. You know, it's almost like the one person that wants to tell you how to balance your checkbook is your broke uncle that kind of, you know, filed bankruptcy 12 times. <laughs> and the people that want to tell you how to raise kids are the ones that like raise horses and poodles, right? They, they've never right. had a kid a day in their life. And so we got seminary professors, PhDs, that open up people's heads and fill them with a bunch of knowledge, but they have no experience themselves. They've never pastored. They've never cast out a demon. Look, we've got teenagers in our church that know how to cast out demons and pastors that have been preaching for 40 and 50 years couldn't cast one out of a poodle, right? And so at the end of the day, there's all this, you know, 
know, experience and knowledge. But here's what happens. When those people come back to our church, we have to open up their head and pull all that nonsense out of them because they've had things forced into them. Right. And they come back thinking that they're the, you know, they're the crackerjack person, that they're the great prize and they know everything there is to know about church. And you've got 25 year old people coming out of seminary that are telling these pastors, this is how you ought to do ministry. And the guy that taught them has never done ministry. So here's my philosophy, right? People can get mad about Bible college. They can get mad about seminary all they want to. But look, here's what I think. Why do we raise up the people in our churches that are called, anointed, and equipped, why do we raise up the cream of the crop and then send them off to somebody else to be trained only for them to come back with their head full of a bunch of Reformed theology and hyper-Calvinism, which isn't hyper about anything, right? They're, it's dead religion. Yep. And they come back and they do nothing. They never win a soul. They, they never you know, lead anybody out of addiction, nothing. So my thinking is, if a guy can preach the Bible, and I love to preach. Not that I'm the greatest one, but I love to preach, right? I'm my own favorite preacher, I jokingly say all the time. But if a guy can preach, and if a church is doing it right, why can't the pastor and the church raise people up themselves? That's the seminary of the New Testament. It's not like Paul was sending somebody somewhere else. How did yeah. the disciples of Jesus learn? They walked with him. They went to meetings with him. They yeah. saw him heal the sick. They saw him raise the dead. They saw him walk on water. They heard him preach. And matter of fact, they heard him pray such unbelievable prayers that they did not get in some book in some classroom, that the only request they had was, Lord, not teach us how to preach, not teach us how to walk on water. They said, Lord, teach us to pray, right? Yep. When's the last time somebody sat in their pastor's office and said, Pastor, teach me how to pray? Well, if the guy can pray and the guy can preach, he ought to be able to teach other people how to pray and how to preach. Does that make sense? All right. Did you know Pure Talk saves the average family over $900 a year? That's right. I said $900. So what are you doing? Why are you paying Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile? Also, Pure Talk has a 100% money-back guarantee. This thing basically pays for itself. And if you go to puretalk.com and enter the promo code GRAHAM, that's G-R-A-H-A-M, you save an additional 50% off your first month. So like I said, this thing pays for itself. So what are you doing? Stop paying woke companies that spit in the face of your values. Go to puretalk.com, promo code Graham. That's puretalk.com, promo code Graham. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Yeah. No, no. I, Absolutely. I, I, I completely agree. <laughs> I, yeah. yeah. I'm a very much a OJT guy, on, on the job <laughs> yeah. training kind of guy. Amen. It's like when we graduated uh, boot camp in the military or for the Army. And I've heard people from the police academy say the same thing. Oh, you know, you get to your unit or your police department afterwards, and they're like, oh, congratulations, you graduated boot camp. Now forget all of that. We're going to teach you how to do it for real, you know, now <laughs> that you're actually at, at a unit. All right, let, let's talk about deliverance ministry. Mm -hmm. um, yep. Because it is. It is a taboo subject, depending on who yes. you talk to. Um, how do I want to start this? So deliverance... First of all, I guess I guess the biggest thing is um, there's a lot of people. The main question that I see is how can a Christian? Well, they word it wrong. How can a Christian be yep. possessed by a demon? Yep. That's how they word it wrong. So yep. I'll let you take the floor here on 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 that because that's probably yeah. the biggest question. Yeah, and they do, and they word it wrong because possession is an unfortunate word, right? It's an unfortunate translation. The Greek word is to be demonized. So you can be oppressed by, attacked by, afflicted by. Even the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians you know, chapter 12 that he had a messenger of Satan, 
right? Not trying to impress folks, but I'll teach you this. Messenger is the Greek word angelos. It means an angel. Well, what would you call an angel of Satan? Well, I'd call that an evil spirit, right? I'd call that a demon. And even Paul wrote 14 books of the Bible from prison. He said he had a messenger of Satan in his flesh, giving him a spirit of infirmity. And so when we think possession, we think ownership. No, once we're bought by the blood of Jesus, once we are indwelt in our spirit by the Holy Spirit, it's like the temple. There's the Holy of Holies, but the right. temple had a courtyard. And in that courtyard, average everyday people could walk through, homeless people are on the street, right? dogs could walk in, birds could fly in. So in our flesh, there can be demonic activity without a doubt. Even the Bible says in Galatians chapter three, one of the works of the flesh is witchcraft. Well, nobody would deny the reality that witchcraft invites demonic activity. And yet right. the Bible says in our flesh is the work of witchcraft. And so we're not saying that you are possessed. You know, you may own your house and you have your name on the deed to your house. But that don't mean a roach and a rat can't get in. The right. rat and the roach don't own your house. They just creep in through an open door. And so when people open themselves up through, you know, new age, occultism, whatever it is, generational curses, then they can be under the influence of a demon. It doesn't mean they're possessed by the demon, but right. they can be absolutely oppressed by that demon. And there'll be people watching this say, yeah, that's me, that's me, because it's a fact. Fear is a spirit. Heaviness is a spirit. There's a lot of spirits that are mentioned in the Bible, but because it's uncomfortable, you know, which it should be, we're not talking about butterflies and kitty cats, we're talking about demons. Yeah. Because it's uncomfortable, preachers are like, oh, I don't want to talk about that. But some of those preachers are in bondage themselves. You know, as the opening scene to the movie tells people, look, we preach all these cute motivational pop psychology sermons to people that are in bondage. We're like, you can be free, you can be healthy, wealthy, and wise, you can have peace. And everybody that hears that's like addicted to pornography, their marriage is a crap fest, their kids don't even want to serve the Lord, they have nightmares at night, they're like, well, what's wrong with me? You're in bondage, but you can right. be set free through the power of deliverance. And when we say deliverance, what we mean is just come out in Jesus' name. You can be set free through the authority that Jesus has given us. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. And, and, and like I said, I was trying to talk to somebody about that the other day and, and, and the, the, the wording of saying, well, yeah. Christians can't be possessed by a demon. Well, no, you're, you're absolutely correct. When we, yeah. when we, when we really become Christians, the Holy Spirit yes. comes and lives within us. And then therefore that is what has, if you want to say it, possessed us at that point, you know, that is taking yeah. possession of our, of our soul and our spirit, the Holy Spirit. Um, but, but as you said, using the, the, the reference of the temple and things like that, uh, I've been reading Pagani's book and he talks about Solomon's yeah. temple and, you know, w within, you, you know, you had like the courtyard and then you had the temple, then you had the sacred place and all this other kind of stuff. So the Holy Spirit would be within the, the, the most sacred place. But yes. outside of that, I think they had 90 rooms per each floor and all this stuff. And he used a really good analogy of even just your home. Think about your yes. home right now and think about that one room that you have not stepped foot in in <laughs> months or even maybe even years. You know, like I have not been in my attic in yeah. I can't even remember the last time I went up there. And 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 that's kind of the analogy. It's that, yes. you know, the, the inhabitants of the the, the actual owner of the home is still there, the Holy Spirit. But 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 there are areas in which through through invitation and whatnot, like, like like they have to have they have to demons have to be and correct me if I'm wrong here, but demons have to be given uh, yep. some kind of permission in some way, yep. whether that be people have messed around with some type of 
I don't know, uh, Ouija boards, uh, yep. uh, incense, yoga, all that other kind of stuff. Like, like something yep. has to take place for that to happen. So can you, can you explain that a little bit to us? Yeah, there definitely has to be an open door. You know, people sometimes come to our mass deliverance services and there's a lot of people there and we call it mass deliverance because it's a group gathering, right? And we had to do that because of the demand of so many hundreds and really thousands of people showing up all the time for deliverance. And people are like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to be in an environment like that. Start casting demons out of people. One of them will jump on me or jump in me. It doesn't work that way. You have to open yourself up. Some people are automatically opened up because they're under a generational curse, maybe from a you know, Masonic oath or some type of idolatry, Satanism. If witchcraft is in your family lineage, the Bible says, I'll visit the iniquity of the fathers when it comes to idolatry to the third and fourth generation. That's 40 years per generation. That's 120 to 160 years. So some people are born with a spirit of witchcraft upon them. Some people are, there are babies, for example, that can be born with a spirit of rejection because while they're in that womb, their mom, their dad speaking a word curse. Oh, I, I don't want another mouth to feed. Are you kidding me? Or I wish you'd have been a boy or I wish you'd have been a girl. And so that baby hears that. It senses that disconnection and it opens up a door for an evil spirit of torment, of rejection and abandonment to come literally with that baby out of the womb. And what happens is they live 80, 90 years and they wreck every relationship they have. They never feel like they can fit in. They always feel rejected. They always feel the odd man out because there's that spirit of rejection that is upon them. And then again, like you said, Ouija boards, occultism, you know, burning sage. That's a huge thing on Facebook. We're going to burn sage to keep the demons away. Now that's a demonic lie. You start burning sage, you're going to invite demons into your house, right? You start messing with yoga, transcendental meditation, Hinduism, you know, all, hypnosis, all of that stuff opens new age gateways and doors, healing crystals, things that seem cute, addiction to horror movies, you let yeah. that stuff in your house, no wonder your kids have nightmares. It's a reality. So yes, you have to open the door, but then you also have to close the door once you kick them out. What's so funny to me is everything you just mentioned, like sage, healing crystals, meditation, yoga, um, Hindu, uh, I don't know, Buddhist, uh, uh, Satanist, paganist, all these people. All of these people, um, <laughs> they all believe in the spirit world, which is interesting to me. Like, they 100% believe in it. Absolutely. You know, there, there's a yeah. spirit world, that there are forces in other dimensions that we, you know, that we we don't have privy to, et cetera. But it seems like Christians are the mm -hmm. most hard-headed about it to even, but, but, you, but you claim to believe in God, but you can't wrap your head around the other side of the spectrum, which is evil, which is the devil, which is Satan, et cetera. Yep. It is just so interesting to me that every, every person that, that, that needs Jesus, you know, needs Jesus in their life. They are the first people to be like, yeah, you know, demons are real, ghosts are real, spirits are real, da, 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 da. But Christians are like, no, no, <laughs> we, we, we can't hard to, no, no way. That's just weird to me because it's yeah. almost... It's almost it, it doesn't parallel with even being a Christian by very definition of being a Christian. You are believing in yes. a higher power than you, the, the, the one true God. You are believing in something that is supernatural at its at yep. its at its at its core. It's just it, it's so interesting to me. All right, let, let's get into let's get into the second biggest controversy here, because I want people I want people to. I want people to, to to hear all this stuff. The second biggest thing about deliverance ministry that, you know, these heresy hunters yep. that, you know, make $300,000 a month on YouTube attacking pastors and everything. 
Um, the biggest thing that they'll also say is, and I think Isaiah Saldivar, for those listening, Isaiah Saldivar does a very good job, and I've heard Vlad do this very well too. Mm-hmm. Deliverance ministry is one of those things where uh, they have said, and, and I'd love to get your thoughts on it, um, that if you have tried fasting, you've tried pl- praying, you've tried counseling, you've tried to go to the doctor, the doctors can't figure it out, or, or, or this and that, you, you you may have a demon to kind of thing. The, the, the second biggest thing that I hear people question, they're like, well, that's just, that's just a way for Christians to not have to take any responsibility for anything. Oh, a demon made me do it. Or, or, oh, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't really cheat on you. You know, a, 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 a demon made me do it kind of thing. And so that's right. not what we're saying here. You know, we're not giving people a free pass uh, because people do make bad decisions and, and do sin and do, do bad things. Correct. Oh, absolutely. And we're not giving people a free pass. And that's what they think. Well, the devil made me do it. No, the devil didn't make you do it. There's certainly a demonic influence. The number one job of a demon is not to make you do something. It's to take away your peace, right? So you end up making a stupid decision and you end up doing something. They don't care how they take your peace. They just want to take it. The Bible says, for example, God's not given us the spirit of fear. So he calls fear a spirit. Then in 1 John, he tells us that fear has torment. So we know the spirit of fear will torment you in various ways. But then he says, perfect love cast out fear. And so it's like, oh, you know, these Christians are just saying everything's a demon. Number one, not everything's a demon. you got a flesh that's pretty bad all by itself with or without oh, yeah. the devil. Right? you got a pretty wicked flesh. So it's, not everything's a demon, but uh, we're not saying that you have no responsibility. Oh, you went out and murdered somebody. Well, it was a demon that made you do it. No, that's not it. Okay, you've been tormented. You've had no peace. You've not been able to sleep. Something is influencing you. The Bible says in the book of James that we are drawn away of our own lust. That's our flesh and enticed. So our own lust, that's our fleshliness, but something is manipulating our flesh. And so it doesn't abdicate our responsibility. Every bucket sits on its own bottom. We still have a responsibility to repent and to take you know, accountability and responsible actions for what we've done. But everybody wants to say, well, you know, you guys just think everything's a demon. No, but here's how we approach it. If you are getting either misdiagnosed or there is no diagnosis for this sickness, if you can't figure out why everything seems to go well and every time you get to one certain part of your life, you get to the lid and boom, something just falls out. If that just keeps reoccurring happen, you're, you're so accident prone. You feel like you're always under a curse. You feel like you're always under some kind of bad omen, if you will, that's happening to you. Here's what I tell people. It may not be a demon, but will you let me approach it like it is? Will you let me handle this situation like it is a spiritual situation? Okay, if you're addicted to pornography, you've done everything you can for 20 years yep. to break it. Been to counseling, tried, it. tried all yeah. the stuff. You've yep. done the pills, you've done the counseling, you've done the hypnosis. Let me approach it as a spiritual problem. Right. And nine times out of 10, if they'll let me approach it from a deliverance issue, what they'll find out is it's just a tormenting spirit and we can get it out and they, and they go back to those cravings, right? Their yeah. life is forever more changed. If they've tried everything else, then why not let me show you that it could be an evil spirit? What do you think is the biggest hesitation for Christians? I would imagine a lot of Christians, one of the biggest, uh, call it a uh, demonic oppression at this point, like would be the spirit of fear, right? Especially through COVID and all this kind of stuff. There just seems to be so many people that are just irrationally afraid kind of like those old maury povich episodes you remember those when they used to bring those people out and they bring 
like the big bowl of mustard out and those people would freak out because they have, you know, these, these, say, I, I'm just joking. I, I realize that's, that's, that's TV propaganda, but, but like people like, uh, for, for example, I, I hate flying. I hate flying more than yeah. anything in this world. I hate it. I would argue that I've flown more than most people in the world, but I've hated it every single time I've gone there, but I've got on the plane. You know what I'm saying? But there yeah. are people that are Christians that legitimately have fears Oh yes, that that make it to where they won't even go outside. They won't even do this. What what do you think is the biggest reason why Christians won't go to a deliverance service? Uh, because they they know that there is something going on. What what, what do you yeah. think the biggest reason is that most Christians won't 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 go? I think it's really the situation where I was in as a cessationist. They had been so taught against it that that can't be a reality. They can't even wrap their mind around, man, I may have an evil spirit. This this fear, this illogical craziness that's going on in my head that I can't even make sense of, they can't even wrap their mind around it because their preacher told them there's no way that it could be a demon. So they don't even think that direction. So they're like, I'm not going to humble myself. I'm a Christian. I'm born again. I'm bought by the blood. There's no way I could be under demonic activity. I'm not a Satanist. I have people all the time say, my kid's not possessed. Well, I never said your kid was possessed, but maybe just maybe they're tormented and we can stop those nightmares just like that if you'd allow yeah. us to handle it that way. So most people don't even want to broach the subject because they've been taught against it. It's like all the other gifts, right? There's no way that somebody's going to believe that speaking in tongues is real or that somebody being healed or a word of knowledge or the gift of prophecy. They're not going to believe that's real in any way. So they're not even going to lean into that conversation. If they've already been taught, you shut that down at the beginning because that can't be of God. Well, I think also, I think it's interesting to me that we as Christians will say things like, right before you're fixing to make a breakthrough for God, and right before you're fixing to go the direction God wants you to do, the devil's going to throw everything in his power to to mess with you, oppress you, to to, to make you turn away, etc. So we believe that the devil and, and, and demons can mess with us like that. But as Christians, yeah. we don't believe that, especially those that are trying to do things the right way, we don't believe yeah. that they would mess with us the other way. Um, Christians are so funny to, to, to me. <laughs> they, 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 are the, they are the most Absolutely. interesting interesting yeah. thing. Okay, last, la, last question. And this one's, this one's more, more personal for you. Yep. Um, when it's all said and done, when all this is done, you know, none of us are guaranteed how long we're going to be on this earth, et cetera, sure. et cetera. What do you hope all of this leads to? I know, and and I'm, I'm kind of teeing this up because I already know kind of what you're going to say because you said it the sure. other night, but, but, but the audience hasn't heard it. Your heart right. has changed over the years. Call that yes. just wisdom. Call it getting older as, as with me as well. My, my heart has changed over the years. What do you want all of this to lead to when it's all said and done? Outside the normal answer of, you, of course, you want to do what the Lord wants you to do, obviously. Yeah. That, 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 can't be, um, that can't be questioned, in my opinion. But, 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 but what do you hope this movie, the, the, the way that you're taking your ministry moving forward, what, what, what do you hope is the lasting legacy of Pastor Greg yeah. Locke? Well, Twofold. I obviously want to bring the ministry of Jesus mainstream, right? I want people to understand that, yes, the gospel is enough. There's the death, the burial, and resurrection, but there's results of the gospel. There's power in the gospel. And a lot of people don't believe the gospel because there's no demonstrable evidence of it. But if I were to answer that by saying, you know what, 
What would my legacy be? You know, for a long time, me and you very much have been known as the freedom fighters, right? We're the freedom fighters. And so God gave us a platform. I was a patriotic freedom fighter and I still fight for freedom. I'm still against communism. Don't get me wrong. I'm still against all that socialistic woke nonsense, right? And so I'm still very passionate about that. I'm very conservative. That is never going to change. But uh, I'm a different kind of freedom fighter now, right? Yeah. So it's interesting that God built the platform of me being a freedom fighter but the platform is going to end one day with my legacy of being a freedom fighter. But my freedom now is I want people to be free in the name of Jesus. I want people to be free from bondage. I want people to be free from pornography, free from addiction, free from depression, oppression, PTSD, generational curses, molestation, the abuse, you know, all the, the trauma that they experienced when they were a child. And so I very much want to go down in history. I want my name etched in history. I want my kids to know, hey, you know what? My dad was so courageous. He didn't just fight Democrats. He fought devils. My, my dad fought demons. He was willing to teach people how to suit up and boot up and put on the whole armor of God and march right to the gates of hell and beat a pot and pan and try to redirect traffic, right? That's my goal. I want to go right to the gates of hell and redirect traffic. That's what I want my legacy to be. I love it. I love it, man. Well, <laughs> you, you know that we love you here at the Allen House. Absolutely. Uh, you've always got, got, got our support. And I feel like it's so lopsided lately because you've been such a support for me <laughs> and, and support for us lately. Um, one more time, ladies and gentlemen, come out in Jesus name, pastor Greg Locke. This is a life changing movie. Trust me when I say this, I've seen the film. I'm going to go watch it again on Monday. Um, you need to go see this March 13th, pastor Greg, where, where can they go a to find out where the movie is and B to find out where to support you and your ministry and what you're doing. Absolutely. It's come out in JesusName.com. We'll tell you where all the theaters are and the times and this, that, and the other. And then Global Vision BC, like Bible Church, GlobalVisionBC.com. If they want to support our ministry, if they want to watch the live stream and all of that, learn more about our church and learn about coming to a deliverance service. Awesome. All right. That's all we have for this episode of the Dear America podcast. Come out in Jesus' name. Go see it March 13th. Do not miss this. It is going to be life-changing. That's all we have for this episode, and we'll see you all again next time.